there. But listen, if we're going to stick around. We're not going to talk forever and ever. We're going to stick around and have a chat afterwards. If you want to, again, subscribe to the podcast, do it. Please fill in your name on that form because we, we want to keep in touch with you blokes because we've got other things planned in the future. Yeah. So uh, that's that's all I wanted to say about that. Yeah. So, Steve-O. Steve-O. Steve-O, come on, boy. So we're going to bring up Steve. Yeah, you can bring your drink. I've brought mine. So I can't see why you can't bring yours. We've got to get another mic, Rowie. Howdy. Check. Never done this with a drink before. Well, when we record the podcast, it's six in the morning. Yeah. It's not yeah. usually when I like to have my first drink. <laughs> Sometimes it can be when you have your last. can be when I have my last, yeah. but it's never yeah. when I have my first. Yeah. yeah. That last episode, we were talking about that, that feeling. You know, when you're younger and you're, you're coming out of the nightclub and the sun's coming up, like, now, now we sort of experience that on our way to the swim. We see people coming out of the nightclub and we're like, oh, look at those guys. I remember, I remember those <laughs> I remember those I days. remember doing that. The walk, the walk of shame. Of shame. Yeah. 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 Uh, now we gloat. Now we get to gloat. But yeah. you start the walk of shame on the other side of the spectrum when you start pushing a pram. <laughs> and you're pushing a pram down the road and you're going, oh, I used to drink with that guy. Oh, I used to drink with that guy. And then all of a sudden you feel like the father of the year and you've only been a father for three weeks. Yeah. So it's little steps. Little it's going a long way. You've got to reward yourself. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah. And speaking of that, I'm going full the way around again. I don't know if you know. I've, well, actually, I told you, but I don't know if I told you. I'm, yeah. I'm starting again. So I've got two seven-year-olds. Now I've just got back Maybe. into it and we've got... Six more months mm. until we have another one. Oh, man. What am I doing? I'm 41. Float 40. Float Float yeah. 41. And so I know I look, I look a lot older than 41. You're going, that guy's not 41. He's 51. But now I'm going all the way back in. And it's 61. Wait, can I, can I tell a long time listener. Let me, I'll just tell you a quick story. On the weekend, on the weekend I, um, we, my wife and I bought a house at, um, at an auction. And uh, I was sitting next to my, my mother-in-law and my wife was sitting next to my mum and in between us was a little old Irish guy. And um, he was talking to me and then the, the raffle started, the auction started. Anyway, I, I got my, my mother-in-law to do the bidding for us because I didn't want to go crazy. And she ended up going crazy for us, so she was spinning. And, um, and at the end of it, the, this Irish guy said, oh, congratulations, you know, well done, you've got a beautiful house. And then he... He looked at me and he looked over at my wife and he said, your daughter, she looks really emotional. Uh, so is that a sign that I need to shave my beard off? No. <laughs> I, th- I think it is. I think it is. No, come on. Because well, I'm a massive fan of the deadliest catch, my kids think that the silver in my beard is like the ice freezing. And that's what I, I try and channel that through the deadliest catch ice that I got there. It's not grey. It's well, ice. I'm ice age then, aren't I? Mean, you're very you're ice completely. age. You're, you're very ice age. So, Steve, you have a very unique perspective on life to share, I suppose, with yeah, well, everybody here tonight. Yeah, I think one of the reasons why we want Steve to come on board is because, you know, when, <clears throat> when the dust settles on all the, on all the laughter that's happening, you know, <laughs> when you finally calm down, after the jokes have been cracked, you know, the conversations that we're trying to generate by getting together need to be, need to just go that one layer deeper than the veneer that we generally communicate in. So, you know, the kind of chats that Murray and I might have or you might have with one mate while you're driving in the car or chatting, we do in a podcast and it's broadcast. 
But if we want to, I want to, we want to, and we want you guys to also develop skills to have those conversations at a deeper level. Because that's where you guys become more useful to your community. And tonight's event, it's not about you guys coming because you need help. You know, this is more about you guys come here because you want to know how can I be more useful within my community? I've got mates uh, that may need some support. I know I might need some support in the future. None of us are immune. And how can we start that combo? And, and Steve's kind of out there making that stuff happen. So I just want to get, you know, Steve's insight into w how w we as a group might be able to, you know, start. Upskill. Yeah. Upskill. Well, let me start by saying I'm the first, I'm the only person that's going to sit on this couch tonight that isn't a doctor. Mm. So doctor, doctor, doctor. Yeah. And I'm just exactly like you guys. I'm a, I'm a, I'm a brother, I'm a father, um, you know, I'm a son, I'm an employee, I'm a boss to some people. A sugar daddy. A sugar daddy. <laughs> wow. No, I've never had that before, but I'll take it. Did someone record that? It's not a podcast. Oh, damn it. Um, so I, I think the key to being a modern man is understanding that we are all vulnerable at some stage. Um, it doesn't matter how much money we earn, how tall we are, how good looking we are, um, you know, what status we hold in life, how successful we believe we are or how uns unsuccessful we believe we are. At any one stage we live on that spectrum where we can have our mental health and our mental fitness tested. And when we understand that we become empathetic of the people around us. And I think that's the key that the modern man needs to understand. that. We all are exactly the same. We, we all live on this vulnerable um, uh, spectrum. And if we don't look after ourselves and look after each other, you know, we will head from that good side of the spectrum to the poor side of the spectrum. So what I want to do is be able to engage men and, and women and the community and educate them and empower them to have the conversations with their friends and family and work colleagues and say, hey, I'm here to listen to you if you want to have a talk. Um, I'm here if you don't feel right. And I want them to have the tools to be able to say, hey, I don't feel all right, and I need to turn to my Ravi, or I need to turn to my Murray and, and reach out for help. Because they are sustainable tools that can take us along the rest of our lives, I believe. Yeah. Steve, um, when you came on our podcast and you said that, uh, something that you said really uh, like struck me, and that was... When you, when you have a conversation with a mate, often it's, <clears throat> it doesn't feel comfortable to me to go, you know, hey, Damo, I'm here for you if you need my help. It almost has a bit of a condescending tone sometimes when I think about that level of conversation, uh, even as genuine as I, uh, as I could be with you. But uh, Steve was talking about the flip side of that chat would be also because at some point I might need your, your help and I just want to know that we, I can depend on you just as you can depend on me. And once he said that, it was very powerful and, and it gave me uh, an insight into how I could have a chat with a buddy uh, along those lines and make it meaningful. Well, that's the ethos of the whole Gotcha for Life proposal. It's about letting your mate know, giving your mate the green light to know, hey, we're going to buddy up. And if you ever need someone, you might not ever need someone, but if you ever do, I'm going to be your buddy. And if I ever need someone, I'm going to be your buddy. And at the time, if you're sitting out in the surf or you're down the pub or you're at a kid's sports or you're at a barbecue, it might seem like an awkward conversation, but what it does, it gives that relationship a green light. And it's not something you forget, you know? It's not, it's not one of those things that you'll 
it'll sit in the uh, it'll, it'll sit in the back of the head and in the mind and never get used again. You'll think when you get to that time in your life where you feel overwhelmed or you get to that critical point where you start to feel the pressure of life um, and you'll think, uh, shit, uh, you know what? Martha and I had that conversation. You know what? I know Martha will listen because we've had that conversation or Martha initiated that conversation or vice versa. I'm going to turn to Martha. Yeah. And I, I might just say that isolation you feel and, and personally I've... I've not lived experience with a mental health disorder. Um, my personal story of um, understanding mental health disorders is I had two siblings that suffered mental health disorders from a very young age and I didn't understand it. But I've spoken, to, I would say now, thousands of men that have. And that isolation and fear of um, not knowing the person to turn to compounds the problem. But if you've got that one person you can turn to that can help relieve that pressure, it is, it is literally like being a lifesaver, but all you're doing is doing what you do any day of the week, is just be there for your mate, your brother, your family member, you know? It's that simple, but it's so uh, under... Um, Undervalued. Un see, two uni students, that's yeah. what I needed, two uni Doctors. Two doctors. doctors. Vocabulary. Third year we come up with that stuff. Yeah. There's, there's not a chancellor here that can give me a doctorate tonight, is yeah. there? There is an honorary, an honorary, honorary doctorate, 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 doctorate in bullshit. Yeah. Mate, you saved more lives than we have, yeah. Um Okay, but it's such a it's such a simple it's such a simple tool, though, isn't it? You know, and and mental health is often brought up as such a such it's so stigmatised, and that you you know none of us really want to talk about it. None of us want to admit to it. None of us want to say that uh, you know I'm 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 there or I need some help, but. Giving that conversation of having having a conversation with a mate along the lines of, look, if if I need someone, will you will you be there to listen to me? I think mm. is a is just a great way to start, and it's the thing that I took most out of our podcast that day is that, you know, if you you don't you know as blokes, I I don't like I don't even like having this conversation now. I, you know, I still feel awkward about it, but having that conversation where we're not really going to talk about it, but we both know that we're talking about it, I think is a, is a really great way to to start that conversation if, it, if it's anything I took out of out of that podcast with you and, it's, and I hear it again tonight is that same you know it's alright mm. and that later on in life you know I've, we've got each other's back I, I promise you eight times out of ten if you left here today and you had ten conversations about mental health with ten of your friends say I went to a, a, a men's health night and we spoke about nutrition we spoke about looking after your body mentally and physically um, and you know you'd have at least eight of those people come back to you with either a lived experience mm. an experience about supporting someone that has um, lived with a mental health disorder there's only three types of people in the world when it comes to mental health it's lived experience so someone who has lived with a mental health disorder someone who supported someone and the other person is someone that they haven't known, they've had a friend, family member, or loved one that has had a mental health disorder, you know. Put your hands up here, guys, if you've um, supported a loved one um, that's had a mental health disorder. Yeah, see? Now, put your hands up now if you've been worried in the last 12 months about someone's mental health, a friend, family, or colleague, you know. So, uh, you know, just here, it's 70%. 
Is that 70%? I didn't go to university. It seemed like 70? Yeah, about. I don't know. I'm a salesman. We beat up figures all the time. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, 85. Yeah, that's what we do. Mm. Yeah, awesome. So, that, I mean, that, that resonate, resonated to me, with me now more. I'm only drinking kombucha and I can't even talk. What's you're going still on? on that 12 minutes. What's in there? Yeah. Put some gin in there. Now you're still on it. It's fermented kombucha. Keep them flowing. Keep them flowing. So I, um, I stopped drinking alcohol, <laughs> I literally, on Christmas Eve last year. Just as, you know, a lot of people do it. Nah, nah. Yeah, yeah. All right, all right. All right. I didn't have a drinking was a problem per se. No, no. You don't, you don't need to. You'd like yeah. to celebrate that you got yeah. the... Yeah, true. True. And I, so I do, I did play it down. Steve's right. Mm. I did play yes. it down because uh, I started it because thing. I had a chat with my, uh, with my 10-year-old and he said, Dad, I want you to stop drinking. I don't think it's good for you. I heard at school, drinking, smoking's no good. And I started with the whole, no, it's, you know, it's only a few drinks, don't worry about it, you know, it's fine, I'm just having the one. And then maybe I'd have two, and he'd look at me and be like, Yon, that's, that's your second one. And you'd say things like, I don't even know how you can drink that much. Like, how are you that thirsty that you can fit all that in your body? You know, that's 700 mils, what are you doing? So, <laughs> you know what I mean? I would, you wouldn't drink that much water. That's what, yeah. that, that was his point. Well, no one can drink eight glasses of water. <laughs> and I didn't want to go, hey, when it's your turn, you un- you'll understand. You know, I thought, okay, this is, a, this is an opportunity for a physical challenge. This is something I'm going to try. And I'm going to try and do 12 months with no alcohol. I just thought I'd give it a crack up. Again, like I was saying, it, it, I didn't drink a lot, but I was finding that when I went out uh, that I would decide to... You know, I'm not going to drink tonight, I'm just going to go and have a chat with my mates. But then I found it, the awkward social situation, I was straight to the bar. And, and it, 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 it's something that I know everyone experiences that. You know, we've, we've all experienced that. So, um, what was it going with that? No, just, let, just letting you know. As, oh, that was the other thing. I had wingmen lined up each month. I had a few lined up anyway. The first one said, I'm going to support you for the whole of January. And they lasted to Australia Day. And I thought that was a fair effort. That's pretty good. And then the second one was going to help me in February... February 9th, he cracked. And then March pulled out at the beginning of March, and then that was it. Then I realized, actually, I've got to do this by myself. It's not something I don't need. I don't need the support anymore. The training wheels had come off by then. I made my way through summer safe, and, uh, and then I continued that on through, through the year. And I had two main goals with that. One was not to be judgy of people who, who do want to enjoy a drink, because it's not about, yeah, it's hard. That was, I found that very hard. I'm finding it very hard now looking at you blokes. But uh, you bastards, enjoying yourselves. And the other, thing, the other thing I didn't want to do is I didn't want to just not go out. I didn't want to sort of isolate myself socially. And so I created, we created this event tonight so I can sit on the front it's, and judge you and come out. It's a, big, it's a big plus when you've got a personality. See, if I hadn't had these two glasses of wine, I'd be sitting in the corner cowarding. So I need it. So. That is not true. Come on. So I'm, I'm aiming to get to Christmas. And then I'm going to have a drink. And people have asked me, you know, will you drink again? And I, I will. And, and, and uh, I may decide to take another break. I don't know. But it's just the discipline of doing that and of facing those little moments of social awkwardness and being uncomfortable and then being okay with being uncomfortable was, uh, was, be, was good for me. Can I, ask, can I ask the guys what they think the biggest challenge that men face talking about their mental health is? Yeah. yeah. Guys, what do you think the biggest challenge is? Um, about men talking about their mental health. Because I, I believe that the number one way that men change their thought process on mental health is from lived experience and listening to other men talk. And that's why I love doing these talks, you know. It's, that's what drives me to do these talks because you see light bulb moments. So a guy that doesn't even know a guy, 
will, will say something and goes, oh man, that resonates with me and that changes the way I thought about something. So I, I'd like to ask someone, you know, I'd like to ask you all, is a few of you, what do you think is the number one reason that holds guys back from communicating about their mental health? Anyone? Yeah. Yeah. The starting of the conversation for those that can't hear up the back. So maybe like a lack of uh, vocabulary for for the conversation. How do we go there? Well, not necessarily that, but just the lead to bringing it up. The, I guess the awkwardness of that. Yes. Yeah. 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 Stand up when you do it. Stand up. Uh, yeah. Well. Mm. Yeah. Ego. 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 Yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm. Say to yourself, yeah. you can't actually do this. Mm. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. 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 Got to tuck it out, and everyone goes through it. And so, why do I need to have the conversation when I'm not that special? Yeah, and I, I, I think I, I honestly believe that's what all those things kind of roll together and go together. Um, but the reality is, um, you know, where we say, you know, ego, well, you know, we, we talk about starting the conversation, we talk about. Um, you know, don't want a burden and it's not happening to people. Well, let's think about it if it was a, a, physical, a physical thing. You think about your mate with a bad back, okay? That mate with a bad back, every time you meet him at the pub, oh man, my back is killing me. My back is killing me. You know, that is just the same as, and I know it doesn't seem it, but it is a health, it's, it, it's a... It's it's a physical health thing. It's a, a medical thing. It's just the same as mental health. So we think here, how do I tell my oh my, my mates are getting sick of me talking about my back? You know, maybe I shouldn't complain about stuff about my back, but I talk about my back. You know, maybe everyone's got a bad back. I shouldn't talk about. But the reality is, we're all different. You know, we're all different, but we are all going to have a problem with our back some at some stage. We're all going to have a problem. If you do, if you do, oh. just saying, in Manly, oh, in chiropractic office. Oh. Oh. Uh, well done. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, wow, that we was a good lead, mate, wasn't it? Yeah. So if you're on that side of the peninsula, you go here. If you're on the southern side, you go here. Yeah. Well done. Actually, well played. I was thinking, how are you going to get to, segue. how are you going to talk about us I didn't us know more. he was leaving that in. Yeah. I didn't even know he was going there. I should have said hammy, shouldn't I? I should have yeah. said hammy. But, God, oh, Sorry. The analogy of the bad back is very good because everyone can sort of uh, relate. Oh, relate. Yeah. But when you talk about mental health, how can I help? Have I had a similar experience that I can share with my buddy? Mm. And if I share that experience, it's will I be judged? Mm-hmm. So it's when you start the conversation, mm. if I actually don't have any experience of that at any time within my life. Mm. So do I want to open a can of worms by asking 
Yeah. That's really important. Thank you, Jimmy. That's really important. Empathy is something. Johnny, Johnny, sorry, Johnny, Jim, Johnny. Um, I, the, empathy is something that we don't understand about as men. We get it confused sometimes. But um, yeah, no, it's true. So yeah, but it is. And I see what you're doing. You're like, oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, Jimmy, Johnny. Jimmy, yeah. Yeah. Um, we had a situation recently in Melbourne um, where Danny Crawley, um, you would have all heard about Danny Crawley, but um, he was a super nice bloke and, and I met him a few times just through some of the work that I've done. Anyway, he was uh, driving home, or driving, he was driving the day after his birthday on a single lane, a, a dual lane um, highway and decided that that was it, he was going to take his life. Now, he was a spokesperson for mental health. And so I think to myself, how does a bloke who's a spokesperson for mental health and works in mental health... Hey, Mars, I'm asking Steve a question here. Oh, sorry. Sorry. Oh. <laughs> how does a guy like Spud, who works in mental health and is a spokesperson for mental health, how does he slip through the cracks and then go and take his own life? Like, how does that happen? So who does a bloke like that go and talk to when he's the spokesperson for it? I, I, now, I, I didn't know who Spud was, but the day before it happened, I was, um, I'd been invited to do a talk for KPMG and this new organisation um, called SAMP, which is where they get all these corporate leaders around to talk about mental health, and they're based in Melbourne. And one, one of the guys who is the leader of this group is uh, an ex-AFL player. And he, uh, he rang me and said, oh my God, did you hear about Spud? And I said, who's Spud? You know, I was thinking Spud Carroll, the, the football player. But he explained his story to me. And, um, and, and later on during the evening, as I watched the news reports and had a look, I saw everything he did, I, I thought about it and went, that's absolutely crazy how this guy who shared his story of his challenges with his mental well-being, his mental health, his mental fitness, and empowered literally millions of men to start thinking about mental health can slip through the gaps. And what was later found out, and I was told that he had had some issues with relationships and so on, and um, he thought, well, you know what, you know, I can self-care for myself, but he wasn't self-caring, and he let, the, he let his self-care go, and this is what starts to happen. So when you let yourself go, kill go, care go, um, which we'll talk about soon, um, physically, um, you know, he started thinking, well, maybe I don't need that either, I don't need this, and so, you know, you start stepping away. Um, so it's about keeping your self-care up. You need to reassess. So I'm happy to say, guys, that, um, uh, on Tuesday this week, I spent 45 minutes with a psychologist. Now, my, I've, I've, as I said, I've never lived experience of um, uh, a mental health disorder, but because I talk about suicide and, and mental health so regularly and have some really in-depth and, and um, deep conversations, I made a best practice with myself that I'd go see a psychologist. And I thought to myself, why, why am I doing this? Well, I want to make sure I'm healthy for myself and healthy for my family. I want to make sure that I'm, I'm good to go for the men I talk to. And I sat there in a room with this woman sitting across from me. She's never met before. And she goes, 
why are you here? And I said, well, I want to make sure I'm okay. And she said, bang. And she started asking me questions and I sat there for 45 minutes talking about me. Put your hand up if you've ever been able to sit there and talk about yourself for 45 minutes without someone interrupting you. No, yeah, one, one person, yeah. Uh, it, it doesn't happen regularly. No, I, I, that's why I wanted to do the podcast by myself. <laughs> but then, uh, then Mother came on board. And I can't edit, get a word we're about to edit before. them heavily ever. But yeah. that's no, one of the, a good point, isn't it? But it's, it's one of the great points is that, you know, we talk about self-care and, and Wardy alluded it to today. We use the word um, discipline, you know, that you have to be disciplined. And we, and we often see the word discipline as having a very negative connotation that, you know, discipline's hard work. But discipline actually, if you're disciplined in some of your actions and some of your behaviours, it actually gives you freedom. You know, it gives you space to, to do things. If, you, if you're disciplined to get up at 4.30, 5 o'clock in the morning, it gives you time to do stuff for yourself. If you're disciplined to only watch half an episode of Deadliest Catch on a Wednesday and then the other half on a Thursday night, it gives you time. And how much do you enjoy that second half on a Thursday? It's so oh, sweet. It's so hard to press pause. <laughs> oh, it's, it's unbelievable. So hey, but, um, Mother, before you continue on with your monologue, yes, because I was switching off there, uh, <laughs> no, I'm just joking. It was actually it was good. I had to cut him off. It was My too first good. Monologue it was too good. Year. <laughs> um, because we because we've only got a certain amount of time. Like I just yeah. wanted to get uh, get Steve to um, you know finish up with one one last question. Is that okay? Um, yes. So what I would like us to finish with because we could talk all night. Like I really really appreciate everything that you've been saying tonight. Is what is what is a sign or some of the signs? that someone close to you might be struggling a bit more than than you might think what are some of the you know the more maybe a subtle sign that you that where you might just say hey i just want to have a reach out let's have this chat look there's there's a massive list of signs there's a massive list of signs but you know sometimes you won't see anything but if we ask if there's a sign we usually have to start with it maybe more often is a trigger um, for a, a crisis and, and then they can be anything from you know relationship breakdowns which is one of the most regular ones that I have conversation with guys about work pressures um, financial pressures uh, health pressures um, uh, you know sexuality is another one that I you know I deal with more and more regularly and so you need that kind of trauma that kind of point that breaking point you say hey something you know uh, 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 someone being made redundant that we will start to see more and more. You know, you have that trigger point. You say, oh, someone's had something happen in their life. Then you think about the three signs. You have feelings, physical signs, and behavioural signs. And if you start to see different signs in that person, because you'll know that person well, you know, they start abstaining from social events. Um, you know, they, they might work with them and they're not able to finish tasks anymore they start talking negative, or they start being really um, self-deprecating and, and so on. Um, and then you phys physically you start to see that they're you know, having more sick days, they're putting on excess weight, they're losing weight, uh, and different things like that. Uh, and in, in yourself, because that's really important to self-care and self-check, you know, you're that churning stomach, um, that second-guessing yourself all the time. You know, they're different signs, and if you see that in yourself, you okay, You've had a relationship breakdown, 
you'll, you know, you decide I'm not going to go out and see people um, and you're struggling at work, you're measuring stuff a couple of times and you're getting it wrong and, you know, you just don't feel like eating, that's signs that you need to speak to someone. And if you see that in someone else, they're signs. We found that helpful. Yeah, awesome. All right, well, Steve, uh, big round of applause for Steve. Thanks so much for coming on board. So good. I feel really bad kicking off. For a man who doesn't think he's very interesting, he's pretty damn interesting. So thanks, man. Go eat your food. Yeah. Um, the food good people. Murray, I didn't mean to cut you off before because you're saying really good things, and it's actually one of the pillars of, of the ethos of the before the dip. It is. Which is the getting up early and being disciplined. Mm. So we, we found, as dads busy dads that we were uh, we always well we went through a stage where we had excuse after excuse for not doing the stuff not doing the work not being available not taking care of ourselves because we had every excuse right it was yeah. like kids. I'm busy I got a business I'm busy I got kids I'm busy I'm married I'm busy I'm old mm. whatever it might be right yep. and then we realized actually and, and for different reasons we had these moments where we just went shit I gotta do this myself I, I I can't yeah. wait for someone to tap me on the shoulder and go, there, Ravi, there's your hour, yeah. take it. So I, we, we both came to this conclusion that if we can just carve out time for us at the beginning of the day, so we had now this hour from, I think it started at five, from 5 to 6. 5 and to 6. became 4.30 to 6 because yeah. it's just so good. Getting up at that time and having that quiet time to yourself that you could fill with things that only you wanted. What did we say last time? It's like at that time no one... No, no one, one interrupts you. No one wants anything from you. No one's messaging you no, no at four thirty. Unless it's Murray. Yeah, the kids don't want anything. Yeah, and the wife doesn't want anything. Yeah. So we started training or going to the yeah. gym or going down to the beach, going for a swim. With the swim. And now it's sort of to that point where, uh, and I wasn't a morning person until until this was. Now, now I feel like I've missed the best part of the day if I sleep in. If I miss that, if I'm up after six thirty. Oh, yeah, terrible. Just, Spewing, Shocking. spewing of miss something, and you know, there's probably a few of you out there that are going, "Oh, I need my eight, nine hours of sleep." And I, I heard a great Arnold Schwarzenegger quote about about lacking sleep that he he only slept, I think, four hours a night, and he goes, "Just sleep faster. That's all you got to do. It's not hard. Just, Just get sleep it done. faster. That's the only way to get it done." But if if you've got that discipline, you carve that out out for yourself. Dead set, you have more free time. Yeah, if your day is so busy that if you're lucky to have a 15 minute or half an hour block right. to yourself, and then all of a sudden you've got this hour at the beginning of the day, you've mm. quadrupled. I mean, I don't, I'm no mathematician. Yeah, it feels like you quadruple your own free time. Because we're so, all, we're all, we'd all say, even with all the convenience of our lives, I was looking for my phone, all these conveniences, most of us would say now that we're time poor. Yeah. We can queue up and get our money out of a hole in the wall. We can tap the FPOS card now. We don't even have to put our PIN number in. Yet we all say we've got no time. Mm. Yet technology is going at such a speed that we don't have to do anything. Yeah. We don't even have to leave our house anymore to go to a restaurant. Uber will bring it to you. And we say we've got no time. It's a real dichotomy in our life. So if you can find 20 minutes in your day, wherever that may be. For some of you, it might be at night time. You know, yeah. there's nothing wrong with that. Some of you might be, you might be like chiropractors and you have two, three hours off in the middle of the day. You know, you can, you can find time there. Not if you've got to fit in a surf, lunch, a lie down. <laughs> yeah. Get a tan. <laughs> Doesn't happen for everybody. <laughs> two swims. Two swims. Yeah. yeah. But um, we've, we've just attacked the top end of the body. Yeah. 
and, and we've really sort of dived in there and you guys are all now now full of food and maybe slowing down a little bit so we're going to bring, bring the it energy back up. up bring it back up we are going to bring the rock star up aren't we Let's bring him on Should slow clap everyone slow clap <laughs> what have we got <laughs> the ice clap here you go so, dr damien yeah. christoph <laughs> that's the best introduction we've ever done Damo. come here mate come here <laughs> You like that segue? That's the most mediocre clap. <laughs> <laughs> well, and a clap. And I couldn't speak. So just a bit of a just a bit of uh, an introduction for Damo. Um, for me, anyway, and I tell this story every time he comes and and does a talk with or for me is that I was at a point in my life where I wasn't very healthy. I hadn't been looking after myself. I'd been stressed, and um, you know, with all the reasons, all the excuses that we all have. And I started, part of, part of turning that around for me was surrounding myself with people um, who, who supported a healthier version of me, who, who, had, who helped me with that vision. And one way that I got that was through listening to podcasts. I, I didn't know much about podcasts. One of my patients introduced me to this podcast called The Wellness Guys. And uh, Damon was one of the co-hosts of The Wellness Guys. Uh, it was a very popular and uh, amazing podcast for its time. <laughs> Obviously... There's, you know, our podcast now. We talk mainly talk about. No, it was an amazing podcast. Now before the dip. Yeah, yeah. It was before. But it's uh, but listening to the wellness guys driving my car helped me to make better choices around nutrition and helped me to get a better understanding of you know how to look after my body. And things went from from there to you know to, to you know bigger and better as time went on. And so I'm just always so stoked that Damo, you know, will give up, give some of his time to us to. To help, like for you guys, you know, get some information so that hopefully some of the same stuff, uh, same magic will happen for you. So, he's yeah. a great wealth of knowledge. Yeah, Damo's flown up from Melbourne today to give us his time. So, you know, it's a big effort. Yeah. Yeah. It better be good. Thanks, Ray. Hey, Damo. So, Murray alluded to the fact that we, we've, we've attacked the top end. Yeah. What was the next bit? Clearly, what, where are you going from there? The, the middle. middle. Oh, the okay. rift. Okay. The, ri- the, yeah. the rig. The rig. The rig. The yeah, rig. Right, eh? Yeah, good. As my kids call it, the rig. There's a, as you guys were talking, there was so many things flying through my head. Um, and, and these nights are really important. I run men's health nights in Melbourne. Uh, we do it every six weeks. I don't know why it's every six weeks. It should be every month, but blokes just don't get off their ass enough um, to get along. So I, uh, we thought we'd do it every six weeks. That's almost every month, but it ends up being probably every eight weeks on average. So... Um, it's about every six weeks is what we say. Um, but we got to the end of one talk and one guy hadn't spoken, hadn't said anything to anybody and, uh, and we just had to wrap it up. We do it at Grilled uh, in the local, the local area at Grilled and we said, has anyone got anything else to say? And, and no one else put up their hand and this dude said, and, and then another guy, Pete, said, oh, we haven't heard from Laurie. And um, we looked at Laurie and said, Laurie, got anything to say? He said, oh, no, nothing to say. We said, are you sure? Is there anything on your mind? And he said, well, to be honest with you, tonight I was going to kill myself. Ah, This is gravity, right? Tonight I was going to kill myself because my wife and I aren't having a good relationship. My son's moved out of home. I never speak to him anymore. And uh, tonight I I was going to kill myself. and, um, And I'm really glad I came because the time's gone by the time I was going to do that. So we elapsed the time that he put in his mind where he was going to take his life. So in this environment here, there'll be somebody in here who's probably thought about knocking yourself off or you've had the, you know, the black dog barking at your door or whatever else. And, and for me, it becomes very important for us to talk about these sorts of things because 
you know, we can look for signs, but men are pretty crafty. I got a message from, uh, I won't say who it was this morning, I won't even say the relationship that I have with this person. But I know that this, this person has, um, has had some demons, mental health issues, and uh, I found out two days ago because I called him because I was thinking of him, and I said, hey, how are you going? He said, well, I've just been in rehab. I said, really? What do you mean? He said, oh, I've, got a, I've had a drug and alcohol problem. I said, I didn't know that. He said, no, nobody knew it, so I put myself into rehab. I said, wow. Anyway, this morning, I haven't heard from this bloke for a long time, and this morning... He sent uh, a little message to me that it said, fuck, and he called me by this name, and I won't say the name because it'll give away who it is. Um, I just woke up, bawling my eyes out, had a bad dream about my mum. He lost his mum about two years ago. And, uh, and so I called him up and said, are you okay? And he's still crying, this is like some hour later. He sent that message to me at about 4.30 in the morning. And so he'd been going through his demons as well. And so I've known this guy for most of my life. Since I was about seven or eight years old, I've known this guy. And I'm now 46. And, uh, and I still didn't pick up on the signs. So there's a lot more questions that we've got to kind of ask, isn't there? There's a lot of questions we've got to ask. We'll look at behaviours. We've got to be aware of, you know, are they drinking too much? Are they smoking more? Are they... Like Steve said, are they disengaging? Uh, all those sorts of things. There's lots of things to think about. So just you know, keep that in your mind. Don't labour on it. But uh, I just want to share that with you because as the conversation's been going, I've had some thoughts about some other blokes. Have you guys had thoughts about other blokes? Anyone else been thinking about other people you could be asking questions of? Yeah, absolutely. So think about that. Um, I think that's really important. And a lot of this stuff starts in the gut. And uh, so whilst we think it's all in the head, mental health actually starts in the gut. And, uh, and so I want to talk about that tonight because um, there's more serotonin in your gut than there is in your head, um, in your brain. And, uh, and that all started when your parents got together in the backseat of the car or wherever they got together. Um, when their sperm and the egg got together, uh, whether it be romantic or very rushed circumstances in the best 30 seconds of your mum's life. Whatever happened there, uh, that, that little moment was the moment that the gut and the brain became connected. And so I want to talk to you about that and just share with you what you might be experiencing in your tummy that might be affecting your brain. So we'll talk about that tonight. Awesome. Was that a good before you, before, was, I don't know what you wanted us to do with it. Yeah, yeah. Oh, right. no, <laughs> and Ask me a question. We ran out of time. Thank you, Damien. <laughs> no, I, I, um, I'm looking forward to hearing that. I just wanted to just, just to also add something to what you're saying, because I was also thinking about stuff as you were talking then too, and it's hard to remember what I wanted to say because I was Cause listening was as well. Yeah, sorry. No, no, but it was, it was good. I do drift off. Chat, oh, no. I was channeling Murray. <laughs> But it's it's yeah. um it was yeah. something along the lines of yeah. Yeah. you know yeah. <laughs> yeah. when shush shush does, does Moses say yep a lot in the yes. podcast yeah. yes yeah yeah so what did you say to your mate what do you say to your mate I called him straight away I said hey mate are you okay and he said whoever came up with that who are, are you okay must have been a woman. Of course I'm going to say I'm okay. Well, I said, well, clearly you're not okay, mate. So let's, let's have a chat about it. What's going on? So then I was late to work by 45 minutes this morning because we were chatting about it. And, uh, and that, that was fine. So I called him again when I finished, finished work, driving to the airport to come here. Um, and I sent him a message when I landed. How was the rest of your day? And uh, he's catching up with some friends tonight. And so I know he'll be safe, which is good. Yeah. But yeah, I had to pick up the phone. Yeah. Couldn't send a little texty. 
and I would have called him until he picked up the, picked up the phone. I would have just kept on calling and calling and calling and calling until he picked up the phone. <coughs> Stay. starting the podcast with Muzz was a realisation that you know that there was a way that we could contribute as, as as buddies in our community along that continuum so there's there is need at the end like you just described that that first aid or that uh, crisis that crisis moment is, is necessary and, and hearing that I mean that's that's empowering for me just just I I don't know how I, I, up until now, I don't know how I would have, would have reacted to that, you know? But having a game plan on this side of the fence would have been, is really handy. But there's also a continuum. There's a point along that journey, I'm sure, where things ramp up. And, and I really wanted our podcast to be about the beginning of that journey, about connecting, about being together, about having mates and, and having the opportunity to forge deep and honest and caring relationships that that serve all of us, that serve us individually and our, fa- and, and our mates and our families and our community. And I think there's work that's needed along that whole, that whole spectrum. My skill set is not down that crisis end, although I want to be as good a friend as I can be if I'm in that situation. But I know that by, by getting you guys together or us getting together and having a chat, that, um, that it helps all of us. It, it, it helps the boys. At least I hope and I, I, I believe that that's the case, that uh, by, by getting together, by having a chat, by sharing good food. I mean, the, for example, with the food that we're eating tonight, it's not just nice a nice roast dinner. It's monologue. It's, sorry. Sorry. I, I had all this. I told you I was thinking about stuff when he was talking. No, but the food they're eating, it's come, it comes from a source that's, that's understood by these guys. You know, they, they know the farmer. They know... They know the pig, that one's Billy, that one's Jimmy, no. They know the pig, they know what the life it's had and, and then you sit there and you enjoy it and you're thinking and you're sharing face to face with everybody. There's value in that, there's a holistic impact of that kind of lifestyle and Murray was talking about before, 
about being disconnected because we've got all our technology. Well, that's part of the issue. So making the time, we could have we could have fit another 20 blokes in here if we got another row of tables, but they're not here. And I, I really want them to be at the next one that we do because I think this is it's exactly what we need. Anyway, I'm boring you. I can see all your eyes starting to close. But Damo, uh, if you just... Tell, turn my mic off so then you can get started. Yeah, go great. back to that bit when mum and dad were in the back of the car. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay. Start there again. Uh, I really like that uh, bit. It's, well, I just want to touch on it. I don't want, I don't want to labour on it or, or this to become a lecture, but... <laughs> I haven't laboured on it for a long time. <laughs> I, don't know, I don't know where to live now. I don't know where to, shall I just laugh? Um, that's that awkward laugh, yeah. isn't it? Like, <laughs> awkward but true. Oh, Jesus. Um, so... All these cells replicate, uh, you know, really, really quickly over the next 21 days um, after conception. And, and this thing called the neural crest is formed. And the neural crest essentially becomes your spinal cord, your brain, and your gut. And, uh, and so the brain and the gut are intricately connected, uh, essentially within the first 21 days post-conception. So most of the serotonin that we uh, manufacture and most of the serotonin that we use is actually in and around the gastrointestinal system. Um, and a very small amount of it actually makes its way to the brain. And so we used to call like mental health and associate it with the brain, but mental health is often associated with the gut. What we also know is that there's communication between the brain and the gut through a nerve called the vagus nerve. And the vagus, who, who's heard of the vagus nerve? Have you guys heard of the vagus nerve? And so there's a lot of uh, chat these days about vagus nerve tone or vagal tone and we see these kids that are very very stressed out we talk about vagal tone and from a chiropractic perspective there's a very simple um, number of little things that we can do to help these children calm their vagal tone that decreases their anxiety and allows them to communicate better allows them to uh, interact better and behave better which is which is great it, it's good for the adults it's great for the child but that enables them to learn and grow and go through all their stages of life and so on and so forth in adults, as our vagal tone increases in terms of it winds up, quite often we don't do much about it. And we get to a point where our vagal tone is, is so wired and so fired up that we turn to um, substances. One of the early substances that will turn to sugar. Um, sugar will actually be one of those things that we'll use. Um, and so when you see a bloke uh, consuming a lot of sugar um, and they're putting on some weight, quite often... Um, they're fueling something else that's actually going on, whether it's a deficiency in their in their mental state or a deficiency in their life, whether they need you know more touch or more cuddles. You know, we can explore the five love languages here, um, but it might be that their love language isn't being communicated to. They're looking for um, some kind of satisfaction, an increase in their serotonin from food, and sugar is an easy way to get it. Could then then turn to, to fat, or it might turn to alcohol, and then it might turn to other types of drugs. So we might find that people will move to smoking. Tobacco is a pretty simple thing because um, you've got some nicotine in there. The B vitamin, um, niacin, is very similar to nicotine and it gives you quite an amazing feeling, um, that B vitamin, but you get that from nicotine. When nicotine fails um, and alcohol fails, then guys will generally move to harder stuff and it's the easiest stuff to get, the most affordable. So these days, cocaine's very affordable, I've heard. I don't know, I don't, I've never bought it, never used it. Uh, marijuana is still quite affordable. Um, I've used that. I haven't bought it for a long time. I haven't used it for a long time. Um, but I haven't used anything, you know, ever heavier than that. But in Australia at the moment, we've got an opioid crisis. We talk about the opioid crisis in America. 
Uh, these days, you can't get panadine fort over the counter anymore because of the codeine, it's addictive. People then graduate from codeine into, um, you know, the higher levels of that and then go into you know, using heroin um, and then that becomes an issue. Then they go get the prescribed heroin from the pharmacy and they're using uh, methadone and then there's this, you know, addiction cascade keeps on going. But by the, by the time they've got to that point, the serotonin deficiency has been significant. So we would catch that uh, by looking at their behaviours around their cravings of food and if they're waking up, uh, waking up wanting food in the middle of the day, or sorry, in the middle of the night, or if they're waking up, uh, if they're not going to sleep without food. I don't know where that's coming from. Right So have a look at your mates and see if they're eating too much food or if they're drinking too much alcohol or if they're getting involved in illicit drug use. Oh, that's what it could be. Who's got mates that are eating too much food, not exercising, eating more food, smoking more? Can't hear me? Is that better? Better. Yeah. Eating more food, smoking more, drinking more, potentially disengaging, misbehaving, talking poorly about other people, talking poorly about women in particular, um, getting angry at their children. More often you got mates like that. Quite often, you can sort that out by encouraging them to eat better food or cutting back on their alcohol, have a different thing, uh, have a different conversation, have a different beverage. A lot of blokes are drinking coffee late in the afternoon, so they get to 3.30, 4 o'clock and they're craving stuff. They might crave stuff with C, starts with C and ends and E. So maybe because crave starts with C and ends and E. So they might be craving carbohydrate or coffee or Coke or cake or chocolate or cookie, those sorts of things. So if they're, they're craving that sort of stuff, just look at that and go, hey, mate, is your stress getting to you? What's going on? Ask some questions. It's good to ask those sorts of questions. So that's all related to the gut. From a chiropractic perspective, we adjust the upper cervical spine and the upper thoracic spine, and that helps to relax vagal tone. So immediately what we can actually do is decrease the effect of stress on your body by adjusting your spine. Who here sees a chiropractor? That's fantastic. Who's spoken to their mates about seeing a chiropractor and they go, oh, fuck, I don't want to go see a chiropractor. They're going to kill me. Yeah, there's all those sorts of rumours. Because my cousin's brother's sister's auntie's uncle's brother's cousin had his head chopped off or fell off when he got adjusted. Now, we all hear those sorts of stories. Yeah. Oh, is that your cousin too? Yeah, right. Uh, so it's a chiropractor. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I always say you saw Murray. Uh, but... Um, What's, in, what's really important here is that you move those people to chiropractors um, because in a very non-invasive way, we break down a lot of barriers and within only a few adjustments, we can decrease the effect of stress so significantly that it can save a person's life. And I think that's really important to understand as well. So yes, we improve their digestion. Yes, we improve their mental state, but we make them feel better and their back pain might actually go. So we're affecting their digestion and we're affecting their also their nervous system. Beautiful. And I, I was, uh, when we're coming up with this event, I was thinking about chiropractic as a gateway drug to wellness. A gateway drug to well-being. Well, yeah. you know, it's sort of like a, it's a low entry point. You come in, it's easy. It's, uh, it's a simple process. Mm. Uh, it's an, you start with a conversation. Yeah. We go through an assessment. We, we set up a, a, a process or a plan. And the care itself is... Also very gentle and, and uh, you know, it's, it's something that as you go through that, through that plan or create a, develop a relationship with a, with a practitioner like a chiropractor, you can, you can have conversations, you can start to explore other avenues of health that may be running alongside the, the issue that you perceive you have, whether it's a headache or back pain or digestive system issue or posture. 
So that's why we, you know, we do promote what we yep. what we do this way because it's something that we, we we believe so strongly in, and it's so tightly linked with the general well-being of, of the individual and their community, their family, and so on. That's how I that's how I see it. Yeah, I can't add anything to that. It's gold. <laughs> Absolutely. You know. um, obviously, with chiropractic, um, that's one part of the solution, but movement's the other part of the solution. So it doesn't have to be chiropractic. So a lot of blokes don't exercise enough, and um, for me, we'll just wait for the one nine nine. That's the loudest muscle tonight. The one nine nine. For me, getting up in the morning when the clock says four something um, creates stress in my life. Uh, so it would be disadvantageous for me to get up at four o'clock in the morning. Does anybody else agree with that? Yeah. So just because Mazza says that he does. Doesn't mean you have to. And I actually don't believe him. But I, uh, no, I, I do believe him. He actually does. He's lost a lot of hair since he started doing that. And uh, I don't think we should um, all try and do the same thing that everybody else is doing. You've got to find what's going to work for you. So I get up, I go to F45, um, I train with my wife, and I really enjoy that time. So for us, we get that 30 minutes in the morning of training exercise. Then we go and have a breakfast somewhere. Sometimes I'll cook it, sometimes we go out. Um, particularly now that I've closed forage, we're not having forage for breakfast. But, um, you know, that, that time I kind of steal. Does that make sense? So I steal that time with my wife, and for her, her love language is time. So I've found a way in the morning that she can exercise, I can exercise, we can spend some time together. Um, it's good for our health and our mental health and our well-being. Who thinks that could be achievable and maybe you might spend some more time with your partner? I think that's a great thing. Some people have got kids, you can't leave them at home. Um, we're fortunate that our son's 19 um, and he's moved out of home, he's living at university. So we can, we can you know, move on from that. But potentially you might find that going for a walk where there's pushing the pram, um, like Steve's going to have to do more of shortly, um, you know, pushing the pram and going for a walk for 30 minutes. And that's all it takes is a walk for 30 minutes because a walk for 30 minutes uh, actually decreases the effect of stress on your body by 50%. So if you just walked for 30 minutes, it doesn't have to be a brisk walk, it doesn't even have to get your heart rate up. If you just walk for 30 minutes, you're decreasing the effect of stress by 50%. Like, that's, that's amazing. Uh, if you walked for 30 minutes before you walked in the front door, you'd probably be happier. Who'd agree with that? Like, if you just decrease your stress for the day by 50%, and then you walked in the front door, you'd be happier, the conversations you'd have would be better. You'd probably have a, maybe a longer cuddle because you'd be probably kind of uh, happier. And, uh, and maybe that longer cuddle might lead to uh, more exercise later on. No. And, uh, and so that could also be really good. That might be uplifting. And one of the things that you'll see on your mental health and your well-being checklist that uh, Ravi and Mazza have put together, um, which is in your satchel, in your man pouch. Man sack. Man sack. Man, yeah. TM. Man bag. Man sack. Um, is more sex. That's one of the things that, you know, is good for your mental health. And a lot of guys don't talk about this because we're shy to actually talk about it with, their, with our spouse or with our partner. And um, what's that? Where do you get it? Well, this is a really important conversation to have with your partner because quite often there's a... There's, oh, your partner. Uh, well, Kale would tell me grinder, but it could be, it could be Tinder. You know, so it could be Tinder. It might be the local bar. But it could be, you know, at events like this, you meet a bloke and you're chatting and he's got a sister. Or he's got... Uh, <laughs> well played. <laughs> or whatever it is. You know, oh, it's just going, you know. Gold. Not you know, that there's anything Could be whatever is going to happen. But it's all through... I reckon the best relationships are through introduction. Mm. That's what I reckon. Although things are changing these days. Mm. Um, 
so where I'm going with that is the conversation is very important to have with your partner about the amount of sex that you're having and whether or not it's satisfying you. And if it's not satisfying you, you've got to create a safe space to be able to have that conversation because blokes need to have sex. They just do. Yeah. It's a given. It's a given. That's right. That's why, that's why we've got two of these things ticked. One is seeing a chiropractor and the other one is having sex. Yeah. The rest, you, the rest you get to decide. So in your man sack, you get to choose two or three of these that you're going to add on. You're going to tick that, and you can put it on the fridge. And you can display that, and that's going to be your affirmation. Yeah. And that's up to you. Yeah. So have a conversation with your partner if you're not having enough sex, and or you're having sex and it's not satisfying you. And if it creates, um, if it creates animosity, if it cre- creates some concern, then that's another conversation that maybe you might bring up with your psychologist or your counsellor. Um, or your trusted advisors. Mm-hmm. Um, Steve, I'll say the same thing. Every fortnight I go and see a counsellor. Um, I have been doing that for the last two, two and a half years. Um, it's been unbelievable for me. I deal with a lot of people who have mental health issues. They share lots of different stories with me. Um, I work with people who have attempted suicide um, a lot. And uh, for me, I've got to get that off my chest and talk about that sort of thing. But I also want to make sure that I'm well. And so I do that every, every two weeks. I used to do it uh, every single week. Um, but I, you know, I feel like I've got a bit more control over that these days. So I think it's a really great thing for blokes to do to be able to talk about that sort of stuff in a safe space. Um, and you know, obviously, you can talk to your mates about a lot of those sorts of things. But you can also talk to someone who's absolutely impartial, doesn't take your side, and actually gives you objective, you know, feedback. I think that's actually a really good thing to do as well. And so, if you are struggling having those conversations with your partner, then maybe you might bring that up with your counsellor or your psychologist and say, "How do I broach this subject?" How do I talk about it? Because I tell you what, when you get that stuff sorted out, your mental health lifts by at least 50%. And it's free. And it's free. It's free. It's great medication. I had a conversation with a high-level manager in the business, a couple hundred million dollar business today. And he said, Steve, what can I do to be able to walk out of this environment at the end of the day leave all the stuff behind. And I said, oh, geez, that's above my pay rate there. <coughs> what physically, dietary, could we do to be able to walk out of work each day and leave that baggage behind or a large percentage of that baggage behind to go back to our families or back to our social life? I'll get some thoughts. I want to say the question starts with Yeah, so, so that you guys can hear on my iPhone what that's recording over there. The question is, if you're you, you've, uh, in your work environment, you've got a, a very busy role, you've got a lot on your shoulders, when you leave work, how do you, what can you do to leave it all behind? Is that kind of what we were saying back then, mm. roughly? Walk out, walk out yeah. 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 Mixer, you want to add something? Yeah, I mean, I've gone through a couple of burnouts 10 years ago in my career. And the big thing that changed all of that is that uh, I remain boundaries and, and I keep myself doing it. So my boundaries are Monday when I wake up, Friday when I leave office. That's my that's my schedule, that's my everything that I need to do that I need to Have you found that to be so since then have you found that to be useful for you? Yeah, because when you type up 
whatever it is, you have rules. Yeah. And you, you put that kind of a high stress stock in those within those. Yes. And then you keep yourself it also gives you the ability to just drop everything. So that's kind of what Murray was saying before. Thanks, Mick, that's great. What Murray was saying before about creating discipline creating discipline in your life and uh, that's up to the individual and I think permission is probably the word to use there is that you give yourself permission because you can take that work with you wherever you go. You can have it on your phone, on your laptop, at home, you can think about it. But you give yourself permission to create the structure so that when you leave, you can let it behind you. I actually think, I, I, I was thinking about that question more from a, a practical sense around what you can physically do. Yes, so I, I, I was thinking about I think about things like getting connected with nature. nature. Nature gives all the clues, right? Like this is not normal. The way we live now is not natural. It's normal, but it's not natural. We, we've, dis, we've disconnected ourselves from the kind of environment that we as organisms are, are best suited to live in, right? That, that's kind of, you know, that's a given. But you can reconnect with nature by taking your shoes off and getting your feet on the ground. You can get outside. I mean, we're very privileged here in, in Manly on the northern beaches because we have the ocean. You can and you can jump in the ocean. The power, the power of doing that and reconnecting is is uh, is immense. And uh, even though you might not feel, you might not connect. I'm going to be able to leave my work shit behind by just jumping in the ocean. It has a very real impact on you that I'm I'm sure will will help you. I don't know if you have anything to add. That's fantastic. Um, that's yeah, great, Rabs. It's actually a really great question, Steve. Um, and there's actually some very simple things that you can do. Quite often what happens when you're wound up um, and your sympathetic nervous system's on fire, we, we say it's on fire, it's like really you know, going off the charts. There's some signs and symptoms that you can look for that that might be on and, and you kind of want to wind that back. And the reason why this is relevant is that when your sympathetic nervous system's on and you're always on, you're distracted very, very easily. The other thing is too that when your sympathetic nervous system's on and fired up and you get into a cortisol state, which is kind of a semi-aggressive and frustrated, agitated state, when somebody pulls you up because you're on your phone and you, and, and you go, I've got to check this message, when you're in cortisol state or in a highly wired sympathetic state, you lose the ability to have compassion. And so quite often like where this guy's coming from is he's probably realising that he doesn't have the compassion um, that he needs to have to have a a healthy family life. And and to get compassion, there's a couple of things that you want to do. First, check out where your tongue's sitting in your mouth when you need to be engaging and talking and relaxing with friends and family. So in this environment, I would expect that your tongue is sitting on the roof of your mouth, and I'd hope that it is. Who's, who's noticing their tongue sitting on the roof of their mouth at the moment? All right. If your tongue's sitting behind the bottom row of your teeth, which some of you it will be, um, who's, who's tongue sitting there at the moment, the bottom row of their teeth? Okay, so if your tongue's sitting there at the moment, that's because you've eaten a meal and you're getting sleepy, you want to get off to, you know, want to get off to sleep and you just want this to end, right? You go, oh, fuck, just stop talking, right? Uh, but the blokes who have got their tongue to the top of their mouth, they're still engaged and they're still learning, their brain's going at the moment. And in fact, you could be itching to check your phone and check messages and see what emails are coming through. What you want to be able to do when you get home is get the tongue from the top of your mouth to the bottom of your mouth behind your set of teeth. Um, and there's a couple of things to do. One is the walk. The 30-minute walk is a really great thing to do. So switch off. Set some uh, time hygiene around when you're going to be on your phone. So if you, the moment you walk in your front door, you want to be off your phone so that you can engage in conversation. If you've got children and they go to bed, then maybe there's a period of time there that you can negotiate with your significant other 
um, maybe it's half an hour or an hour. That we're just going to check my emails again to make sure I haven't missed anything. Um, because obviously, if you're running a multi-million dollar business, there's higher level, there's levels of importance and levels of, of reliance on you. So yes, you'll have to do those things. It's just part of the way in which we live our life these days. But at some point, you've got to be able to turn your phone off. So that's that's a behaviour or a hygiene thing. Lying on your back on a pole that runs from the base of your skull to the base of your sacrum, the top of your sacrum, a posture pole we call that, or a foam roller, and lying with your arms stretched out so your chest, your chest is being stretched. That will switch you into a parasympathetic phase of your nervous system activity. So it'll wind down your sympathetic dominance and put you into a parasympathetic state. So that gets you ready for dinner, it gets you ready for sleep, it gets you ready for, uh, for rest, digest and repair. That's a really great thing to do. And the last strategy I'll share with you is breathing. Um, a lot of people chest breathe when they're at high states of alertness, so their tongue's stuck to the top of their mouth all the way through the day. Um, they drink a lot of coffee or they're um, having tea or caffeinated beverages, eating too much chocolate or using too many stimulants to keep them going. And, uh, and as a result of that, they're only shallow breathing. So they're breathing in the top third of their lungs, not the lower two thirds of their lungs. So learning how to tummy breathe uh, is a really great thing to do. So when you're lying on your back on, your, on the posture pole or the foam roller, engaging in deep breaths to bring your tummy up as you're breathing, as your lungs expand, um, will also switch you into a parasympathetic zone. So doing those things will help you maintain mindfulness in your home life. So there's some strategies for you, Steve. Awesome, awesome, thanks Damo, that's unreal. Thanks, hey guys, we're, um, we're coming towards the end of the, uh, of the show, of the, the podcast, evening. and yep. we want to keep talking. We could talk for night. But uh, we've got a few things that we want to uh, just finish up, finish up on. First oh, of yeah. all, first and foremost, uh, sitting here listening to our two sort of expert panellists has been unreal, mm-hmm. and uh, it's been helpful, like I hear this stuff, I've heard it before, but I pick up new things all the time. So. One of the best things about doing a podcast is that you invite these people on and you get to sit and learn from, the from them live all the time. Because I think we, we both agree that, you know, we, we're just learning. We're just yeah. trying to, we're just trying to make, you know, make our way f- through this whole thing. Yeah, figure it out the best, yeah. the best we can. Yeah. And hopefully share with, with our listeners a funny, you know, experience that we've had trying to nut this out, out ourselves. The conversation about setting boundaries about work with my, my wife. I'm always honest and frank about my relationships and, and you know, it's interesting, you know, and, and, you know, it's that isolation that we sometimes feel as blokes that I like to open the door on that and go, oh, it doesn't always work as well as Damo said it was going to be, you know, go for a 30-minute walk, you know, rely on a pole as a five-year-old comes and Pommels Dying on floor. Pommels on your thing, you know, oh, yeah, this is real relaxing day, mate. I'm so glad I'm stomach breathing now. Gold. <laughs> Don't do it at dinner time. You've got to go do it later on, yeah. you know. Yeah. No, but that's one of the perks of the of the job. podcast. Yeah, of, the, of the job. Yeah, it is. Because whoever's yeah. sponsoring us now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Thank you. will be paying us a weekly wage. Yeah. Retainer. So, but, so uh, yeah, just a reminder uh, yeah. of a main major sponsor, previous major sponsor, Forage. Um, one of the other one of the other sponsors of the podcast is uh, R2 Clothing. We've got Nick up the back there. Nick, yeah. put your hand up. Anything you need, it's screen printed. The guy's a genius. He's made uh, he, he, he made, made a, the man sack. He's made the man sack for you guys to take away. Generously donated that to, to tonight. So thanks, yeah. Nico. You're a legend, and uh, can never do enough for the podcast. He's a big fan. Yeah, he's a big fan. We don't talk about him enough. But uh, tomorrow night, 
For any of you who had Metallica tickets and they cancelled tomorrow night, I, I personally am de devastated. Uh, Nick and his band are playing. Shiitake, they're playing. Where are you guys playing tomorrow night? There you go, Newtown Town Hall. Yeah, I'm going to be there. Headbanging my, my, my way through the night. So. Yeah. What's called shiitake? Shiitake. As in the mushroom. As in the mushroom shiitake. There, see on the t-shirt. See on the shirt, the merch. To oh, shiitake, with a silent T. Mm. Printed yeah. by Art too, I'm sure. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, thanks but, everybody who's been involved. Yeah. Everyone who's been involved tonight. We uh, couldn't, from, you know. From Ruby Lane and... Couldn't thank you all enough. But yeah. I think Wardy's got a... Have we still got have we still got some tickets to sell, Wardy? Yeah, I'll come up and I'll just. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Thanks. Thanks, Wardy. Um, yeah, I want you guys to if you if you haven't got your tickets and you've got the capacity to dig deep and, mm. and chuck some cash in. Uh, Freddie made this green surfboard that you can see over here. It's a replica of Mark Richards' original 1963 twin fin. Yeah. Give or take. 78. Okay. Seventy eight. Uh, <laughs> <That's nice. laughs> before I was born. No. He had the idea. <laughs> That's right, it yeah. started when in 63, and you're then finally a, in 78 he made it. But, but you're almost a two-in-one chance of winning tonight, aren't you, Wardy? Oh, big chance. It's a big chance. chance. But, I think the cheapest, yeah. the cheapest prize is worth a couple hundred bucks. Yeah, we've got $500 headphones from Sony, we've got Sony. a couple hundred bucks, bottle of wine. It's, yeah. all, it's all amazing. But Wardy's going to talk about that. But what I wanted to mention about the surfboard, because Freddie and I had this chat before, before, we, um, before we sort of came up with a concept for this talk, was... Uh, what he does as, when, making, when making surfboards is it's a really lovely approach that I think we can learn from. And that is, you know, you, you, hone, you hone your craft, you create passion, you, um, you want to improve and better yourself in what, in what you do. So Freddie's you know, uh, project that he started, he's like, rather I'm going to make you this board, we're going to auction it on the night. Um, he put a lot of energy and love into it. And actually what he came out with, I think is better than the two of us had imagined. I think, Freddie, I don't know, man, if you could make, when I saw this come through, it was better than I could have ever imagined you, you make, man. So, you know, that's, that's the craftsmanship. And again, thank you for putting the time and energy into supporting us. Mm. So uh, thanks again. So, Wardy, I think we should finish on that. I'll, I'll hand to my friend. Damo, thanks so much. Steve, thanks so much. Here you go. All right, well done, boys. Uh, we're almost finished tonight, but um, thanks very much because I've actually really enjoyed listening to the podcast. And if you haven't listened to it, and if you do like um, a podcast, uh, get on there and have a listen to the boys. It's quite entertaining. It's really relevant. I think whatever life you're at, whatever age, whatever, whatever you do, whatever you do, you'll get something out of it. There's some really interesting topics and people. They do go on a bit of tangent from time to time, but that makes it, uh, I think, really grassroots and community-based, which is um, a bit like tonight. Just a couple of things too, because